This happened in 2011. I had just gotten out of a rough relationship a few months prior to this happening. My friends encouraged me to try dating again, so I caved and made a profile on the website, Plenty of Fish. I was surprised with how many messages I received within the first few hours. Most were just people saying hi or asking to hook up. I wasn't looking for a hookup, so I just ignored those messages. After about a week, a guy roughly an hour away from me messaged me. He was cute, so I messaged him back. The conversation was pretty casual at first. He asked me if I would like to go out for coffee sometime. Not thinking anything of it, I said, sure. This is where things started to get weird. He started getting really pushy and asked when we could grab a coffee. I told him that I didn't own my own car, so I would have to borrow my mom's car to meet up with him. He offered to come by and pick me up, but I wasn't comfortable with that idea. The next message made my blood run cold. It read, I'm sure your hometown isn't that big. If I knocked on a few doors, someone would be able to tell me where you lived. Are you crazy? I replied. I'm sorry, but that's kind of creepy. This just pissed him off. He messaged me multiple times after this. They said, you know I have a gun. I could shoot you and make you disappear. No one would even look for you. You're nothing but a dirty slut. I could kill you and throw you down a well and no one would ever find you. I was really scared at this point, so I asked him to please leave me alone. He replied with the following, I know where your hometown is. It's not a big town. I can find you. At that point, I had enough and I blocked him. I reported his account to Plenty of Fish and deleted my account. I was really on edge for the next few weeks after the fact. I was afraid he was actually going to come looking for me. When I was in high school, I knew my parents' divorce was imminent. My mom was cheating on my dad, and my dad was cheating on my mom. I did everything I could to prevent my parents from divorcing, but I knew it was a lost cause. My mother had been planning on leaving him for a long time, and eventually served him on my 17th birthday. They agreed to live under the same roof until I was out of high school, so I wouldn't have to stress having two homes. When I was a little over 18, my mom had been consistently conversating with a new man on multiple dating apps. She even got an app that I was known to use called Kick Messenger. She fell asleep with the app open one night and I seen that she was messaging a man. I'm not going to use his name due to privacy concerns. I ignored it but I knew the name and seen his face multiple times on her cell phone. Fast forward maybe two months. My dad and I were just spending some time together and wanted to go somewhere to eat. His friend called him up that night. My dad has been known to be a social drinker who frequented local bars. He had many good friends that were bartenders and fellow social drinkers. His friend was at the local bar and met a man named AJ who was looking for my father by name in order to buy a vehicle. My dad was a car sales manager. So we stopped by the bar that night because we just thought we would eat there. The bar isn't really shabby, or the typical bar most people would think of. We lived in a small town, and the bar was on the lake, and people could rent lots and put campers on it. It was more like a club lodge. This man introduced himself as AJ. However, I recognized him immediately as the man that my mother had been conversating online with. I didn't say anything to my dad at first. I for sure just thought that he looked similar, and that I was overreacting. That was until he called me by my full name without anyone introducing him to me or even saying my name. 
He knew my first, middle, and last name. He also came up to me to greet me at the table I was sitting at. He tried getting me to open lotto tickets for him and was rubbing against me and trying to touch my inner thighs. I was kind of frozen and didn't know what to do. He eventually left me alone when he saw people staring at him. I did what I needed to do. I searched his full name on Google and Facebook and that's when I found out that he was a registered sex offender, ex-con in a bordering state. I looked repeatedly from AJ to the man on my phone screen and there was no doubt he was the same dude. He only lived about 30 minutes away from my own home. I pulled my dad to the side and told him that this man was not who he said he was. I showed him the picture and the information I found. I ran to the bathroom crying because I knew something bad was happening. He lied about his name, knowing me and my father's name, and knowing where my father worked. After hearing this info, my dad refused to go outside with AJ. He made multiple attempts at getting my dad outside alone to take a look at my dad's truck due to the fact that he wanted something similar. He eventually stopped pushing my dad and went outside to smoke. The manager of the bar immediately locked the doors and locked him outside, refusing to let him back in. Everyone in the bar, most of them were close friends with my dad, had seen how suspicious he was acting and many had seen him rubbing up against me. The manager called the cops to report him. It didn't take long for him to figure out that he had been caught and he attempted to leave the bar and drive away. My dad followed him up the road trying to make sure he didn't get away. However, he was plastered enough and ended up crashing into a snowbank just up the road from the bar. He was caught by the police and charged with a DWI. He was jailed just 5 minutes up the road from my home. I did not sleep good that night and sleep was bad for about a month. If he knew my family as well as he seemed to, he probably knew where I lived. He was bailed out only 2 days after the incident. His vehicle had been found with duct tape, drugs, rope, a crowbar, and other materials in it when they impounded his car. He was also charged with violating his probation. He is a tier 3 sex offender, which means he raped a minor with a deadly weapon and was required to register for life. He was not supposed to leave the state at the time of the incident, not supposed to have a Facebook or any form of social media where he could reach out to minors, and he was not allowed to operate a vehicle due to his license being taken away. I ended up pressing charges for sexual harassment as well as getting a restraining order against him. I also found out later through phone records that the police had been tracking his phone and that he had driven past my home more than 20 times in the week leading up to the incident. He had also been to my dad's job and my school multiple times throughout a period of 6 months. He had been following both of us for a long time. I never experienced something so crazy in my life. I live in a completely different state thousands of miles away now. Thank God, but my family is still in the state where the incident happened. He has yet to be charged or arrested for the harassment stalking charges and probably never will, seeing as he knows if he comes back to the state, he can be arrested because he has a warrant. Since then, I don't ever put my full name on social media. I only put my first name. I've become a very paranoid person when it comes to my full name and my address or other personal info. Please everyone, be careful who you talk to on online dating sites. You never know who's behind the screen or what their true intentions are. And if you do find someone you like, investigate, do your homework. I lived in a town with a population of 5,000 and I never once thought this kind of thing could happen to me, but it can.
This happened three summers ago, but I remember the main events. To preface this, I have been on a shocking amount of dates and put myself in many foolish situations in the past. I'm a female and was 25 at the time. It started on the Plenty of Fish app. I came across this cute guy. He was my type physically, kind of nerdy looking. On his profile, he had very adventurous photos of him hiking and traveling. He seemed really exciting to get to know. Once he saw that I looked at his profile, he sent me a message. We flirted a bit back and forth and exchanged numbers even though he lived about an hour away. He said on the app, he's never been to my city and didn't plan on it so we probably would never meet. I respected his honesty. I don't like wasting my time. One day shortly after meeting this guy online, he texted me randomly saying that he's in my town on some work thing and invited me to a bar he was at. I decided to meet up since I was already in the area. He said he would pick me up. I was dumb and agreed even though it was just over four blocks away. It took him longer than it should have to get to me and I honestly don't think he was actually ever at the bar. Once in Plenty of Fish Date's car, I noticed it was a rental and that it seemed like he just got his license because he was a terrible driver. After driving in circles, he told me to pick a place, but not in the area because parking was impossible. I picked a place 15 minutes away by car that had parking lots, but also was a busy place since I was with a stranger. Once we got there, he started pressuring me to drink. He insisted. I'm not a huge drinker, but I enjoy pub style bars. I caved and had a drink and was again pressured to have another one. He was very pushy and seemed to get irritated that I wasn't going for it. Usually, I'd end the date pretty quickly after being mistreated, but he became charming enough to keep me there, at least until we were done with our date. I saw an old acquaintance at the bar and wanted my date to know I knew him. In my head, I think, I wanted my date to know that someone could identify him. I'm not a paranoid person, but I think my subconscious was on alert. After an hour talking in the bar, I tell him I'm ready to head out. He insists we go across the road to get coffee. At the time, it felt strange to me. Neither of us had much to drink and I didn't need to sober up. Coffee seemed like an odd choice otherwise. I entertained it. Once there, we sipped on our drinks. He told me he rented a beautiful Airbnb in the nearby neighborhood that is more out of the city. He told me that he had it all to himself and invited me and was going on about how nice it was. I kept politely saying no, throwing around different excuse which he would counter with a reason for me to come. With no intention of going, I agreed but only if he would drive me home to get some overnight things because I felt like he wasn't going to let me say no. He seemed happy with my answer so we headed out. While driving in the direction of my place, he said instead he would stop at 7-Eleven and grab me a travel size toiletries so I wouldn't need anything. I felt panicked because my plan was not to go with him. Something about him was off and I felt stupid for even getting back into the car with him to begin with. He turned his car and we then headed towards a more country area. Literally, there aren't any 7-Elevens or open stores in the middle of nowhere. Then I mentioned that I'm actually thinking I prefer not to stay with him and asked to be brought home. He said something that made me completely nervous to be around him for much longer. He said he's sharing the Airbnb with the owners and said that they were really fun and sweet and that they drink and play games. 
which he originally told me that he had it all to himself. I knew I didn't want to make it obvious that I was catching on to his lie, so I went along with it and said, Oh, I have to wear my cute fluffy overnight PJs instead of my date dress because I'll be way more comfy. Then spew off a few other things. I mentioned that I needed my medication and absolutely couldn't miss a dose. Surprisingly, he turned around and as we drove back into the city, I felt a bit more calm, but at this point, not safe. Finally, we get close to my place. I had no intention of letting him get close enough to where I lived. He was mentioning that he was going to come to my apartment once we get there, and that was just a huge hell no. I don't know what I would do, but I looked for any opportunity to get out of the situation, knowing that he could just turn around and take me somewhere private in a matter of 15 minutes if he wanted to. We got to a stop sign where people were crossing, thank god. I quickly and calmly got out and said, hey you know, I think I have a headache, I'll text you. I closed the door and went through a public park, which was beside a building that his car wouldn't be able to drive into. I looked back to make sure he wasn't getting out of his car, and I could see him staring at me. He was so furious. I have chills thinking about it. Within an hour, he had blocked me on plenty of fish. Thinking back, I think he possibly wanted to get coffee to possibly slip something in there. I think he told me on plenty of fish that he would never meet to maybe cover his ass, and I know that he didn't have good intentions with me. Since then, I met my fiance on Plenty of Fish and was super careful about dating, making sure that the first few dates were in public and to arrange my own transportation. So, some context. I've never really been in a long-term relationship. I've dated a girl a bit, but I haven't dated a guy. I'm bi, and I've never slept with either a girl or a guy. I'm a 20 year old female. This story, like anyone else my age, I started swiping on Tinder to try to put myself out there. I like to think I'm not naive and pretty intuitive about people, but I wasn't perceptive about this guy at all. Jake and I swiped and matched each other two days ago. Jake first messaged me telling me he wanted to meet me and my dog and that he thought we were both cute. Liking his directness, I said we should meet up. The night was the first red flag. When I didn't message him back immediately, he messaged me asking if he was detecting negativity. Chalking it up to nervousness, I apologized and explained why I didn't answer, and all was good. We planned to meet up last night at the bar. Flag number two was waved when I arrived at the bar. It's important to note, in the state where I live, any place selling liquor cannot let in someone under 21. I didn't know this and had been reassured by Jake that I could get in no problem. Of course, this wasn't true. Luckily, in retrospect, unfortunately, seeing my birthday was in a week, the bouncer let me in anyway. Within minutes, Jake was at the bar too. Meeting this guy, he seemed normal. Red leather jacket, chucked, typical normal dude. He orders me a gin and tonic and one for himself and we settle in to talk. He tells me about his life and his family and I do the same. We play pool at one point, so I put my drink down. This is when things get a little blurry. I can't remember most of our conversation up until we happened to get back to my place. I remember us leaving, us getting into his car and us getting back near to my place. You have to understand I don't drink much, but one drink does not get me drunk. I barely ever brown out and I never black out. 
This is important to note. Once in my town, we decided to go in a nearby market to pick up food. As we were there, red flag 3 occurs. Seeing someone I thought I knew, I told Jake I was going to say hi, but he awkwardly backed away and stood outside at that point, refusing to meet her. I was wrong though, I didn't know the girl, so I soon rejoined him to walk to my place. As we open the door to my place, my roommate Mandy opens the door. We say hi, talking a little, and she mentions that she's going to take a shower. Jake at this point creepily makes a O oh sound. Mandy is also a little tipsy at this point and mentions some guy she wants to have sex with. No biggie. It's the way she rolls. But after his expression and the realization of how tired I was, I say he should go. He does with no attempt at any physical contact. This is where the story should end, but it doesn't. Within a few minutes, dude blows up my phone with messages saying, he is more open-minded, like my roommate, calling me boring, implying that I'm not attracted to guys, saying that he felt no chemistry, and hoped we would have cuddled. I show my roommate, who gasped, me not getting the full meaning of the open-minded comment, since I was kind of out of it. I ask her why she's so shocked. Finally, I get it. He's implying that he wants to sleep with her, that he is more open to sex than I am. Creepy. So creepy. At this point, I'm freaking out. Slowly I realize how I'm acting and feeling, putting together how one drink shouldn't make me feel this way. I realized I might have been drugged. Mandy and I go to the local police and we report it. I decided not to get tested. I could explain why, but until you're in my position, possibly drugged at 3am, embarrassed, worried you're wrong, worry you might be charged for underage drinking, don't judge. It's a lot harder than it looks to go through the whole process. Anyway, the story ends. I'm terrified because he knows where I live and with me sleeping off whatever's in my body.